Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill. And today we're going to pick up kind of where we left off last week, where we talked about the sinner's redemption. And you may have to excuse my raspy voice. I'm a bit uh, under the weather. I've got a little sinus infection. Thank God you're over the Internet and you can't get a computer virus from uh, listening to me. Uh, But today we're going to uh, uh, realize what we need to do after we invite Christ into our heart, and that is build a relationship with him. Because just like you have a relationship with your friends, with your family, with your wife, your children, there has to be an important relationship built with your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about this morning. So now that you've received Jesus in your heart through faith, it's important to begin building that relationship with him as you would begin learning about uh, maybe if you've got a potential spouse in mind and you're, you're dating and talking and uh, building that same knowledge base about Jesus is very important as well. So there must be communication with him every day. Many people pray the prayer of salvation and then prayer becomes something hardly practiced in today's world. But it's extremely important to us all as Christians to have a consistent prayer life. And this means daily, not just at mealtime or when your pastor is opening or closing your Sunday morning service. Or if you, uh, you know, if you really want to learn about somebody, you talk to them. If you really want to have a deeper relation with someone, you spend a lot of time with them. And Jesus shouldn't be any different to us. So you ask, how do I pray? You simply speak to God in the same way you would speak to someone sitting in the room with you. Many have tried to teach people a proper way to pray, but the truth is that God's presence is all around us, and we can speak with Him when we're driving down the road, sitting at the dinner table, or uh, kneeling by the bed, or walking around the backyard at night. It really doesn't matter where you're praying because He's omnipresent. He's He's everywhere, and He's right there ready to listen to you and ready to speak to you and have a conversation. Uh, one place the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 to pray without ceasing. Now, when he makes a statement like that, uh, you know, we could really dig into that and say, well, if I'm going to pray without ceasing 24 hours a day, what do I have time to do anything else? But that's that's not really what he means. What he means is stay in constant connection with the Lord and not just make a simple prayer to him in the morning and walk off and do your own thing for the rest of the day and then contact him again. Don't don't cut off the conversation. Always leave it open so that you can speak to him just as if he was sitting in the room next to you. And uh, so that's that constant and consistent prayer life is an absolute must in order for us to stay uh, faithful and to draw closer to our Savior. So during prayer time, many feel that they should be the one that has something to say all the time. And I know a lot of people do that. You hear a lot of people pray and, you know, they pray really big prayers. They pray long prayers. I know when I pray, I really get into it and I wait, uh, you know, I pray and I know that I've touched heaven when I pray. And sometimes it may take 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, if I pray like that in church, Uh, A lot of times when I get up from the altar or where I'm praying at, there's nobody else left in the building because they all went home and I was still there praying. But you need to think about this for a moment and imagine what life at your house would be like if you were the only one always doing the talking 
and your spouse never spoke to you. It was just a one-sided conversation all the time. So could you even begin to imagine where that relationship would end up? You know, no one's going to enjoy a relationship like that. And I, for one, like to hear my wife speak to me. I And I encourage her to do so. So uh, how else am I going to know what she's thinking or feeling if I don't talk to her and speak to her and ask questions and how are you doing today? This thing that happened yesterday, is it still affecting you or you know, whatever's going on? Bring up conversations and have those conversations with your spouse. And we need to do that with God as well. Your time with God should be considered in the same way. Don't always spend time in prayer telling God what you want and what you need. Some of the best prayers are those when you say nothing at all while allowing God's spirit to speak into your life. Sure, you you shouldn't you should um, you should tell God what your needs are. He wants to hear that, and uh, that's that's important for us to cast our cares at the feet of Jesus. Uh, but even though He knows those cares before we speak them, we should always ask Him what He needs from us as well, because we are the hands and feet of Christ here on this earth. He could do things by Himself, but He chooses to use us. And we can't get those instructions from him unless we are willing to listen to him and take those instructions and carry out the things that he tells us. I use a scripture a lot of times. If you love me, keep my commandments and I'll call you a friend. Uh, I'll call you my friend if you do what I say. Uh, so there's there's times that he needs us to do some things. And there's also times when he's trying to inform us of something in our life that he needs us to stop doing. So if we're the only one always talking during prayer, then he doesn't get to speak. And then uh, the things that uh, we have going on in our life, we don't we don't get to have those things improve. Our relationship don't get to improve. And it may even be our relationship with our children, with our spouse, with our friends, with family members, because we're always talking to him and we don't give him a chance to speak back. And, and maybe the issue that we were having with a spouse or issue that we were having with our children, or maybe we got something that's going on in the family that we don't understand. If we don't allow God time to speak to us, when we get on our knees and pray and we talk to him, then he doesn't get the chance to tell us how to handle the situation, to tell us what we need to be doing, some things that we need to quit doing, some things that we need to do more often. So we need to take his instructions. And the only way we can do that is sometimes get in our quiet spot and get on our knees in prayer, acknowledge him, let him know that we're there to listen to him, and then open up our ears and our heart and our spirit to let him speak to us. There was, uh, you know, going back just a second to that First uh, Thessalonians scripture, pray without ceasing, the psalmist David actually said seven times a day, I will praise you. So, you know, he took time out Throughout the day, no matter what was going on, he would find a stopping point purposely in his life and give praise to God and pray and uh, worship him and bring God into the situations that he was in all day long. Consistent praise with him and consistent conversation. So, uh, you know, after all this talk here, somebody asked, uh, can we hear God's voice? And the answer to that is absolutely. John 10 and 27 through 28 tells us that we do hear the voice of God and we do follow him. So when we hear his voice, our job is to follow what he says. 
That's what John 10 and 27 tells us. It goes on to tell us that through listening to him, that he gives us eternal life and no one can take us out of his hand. So by this scripture alone, we know that our eternal life with Jesus depends on listening to him and following his instructions. So we can't just receive eternal life and kick back and think everything's just doing peachy and there's nothing else for us to do because he's got instructions that he wants us to carry out in this life because if we are the hands and feet of God, if we are Christian, Christ-like, then he has commanded us to do some things and he needs us to function as he functioned on this earth. He comes in our heart and lives his life through us. So we need to look at Christ and find out the things he was doing and practice the uh, the ministry that Jesus was doing when he was here. So when we pray, we should always ask Jesus to speak into our lives and change the things that need to change in us and ask him daily to direct our activities so that we can live more pleasing to him. That's very important. It's, you know, we're constantly being saved. Our salvation is a continuous thing because we've lived that sinful life in the past and we live in that flesh and the flesh is sinful by nature and the flesh desires things that the spirit of God does not desire. So we need to constantly ask Jesus to speak into our lives, tell us some things that we need to change and ask him to see those activities, speak to us, bring his spiritual conviction on us so that we can avoid the things that are not pleasing to him. So as we grow in our spiritual life with Christ after we get saved, one of the best perspectives on praying is found in what is known as the Lord's Prayer. And although it really wasn't his prayer because he had no trespasses to be forgiven of, he was just teaching us how to pray. And it was a prayer format to function out uh, or to function out of, so to speak. So let me explain that. When Jesus started with our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He is telling us when we start praying, the very first thing on our heart is to begin recognizing God as the ultimate father while also reverencing or honoring his holiness, letting him know, I know you're my father. I know you're the holy of holies. You are the almighty, powerful God, and I respect and honor you. Our father in heaven, you are holy. Recognize and honor him first and foremost. And uh, God, uh, as our ultimate father, uh, sees us and sees us honoring him. And just like we, our kids do when uh, they come to us and love on us and talk to us and respect us, it gets our attention. So the opening of this prayer simply, simply uh, has us, the children of God, respecting and honoring our father when approaching him with our needs. So the next line is of great importance uh, because it shows our willingness to be submissive to God's will in our lives and uh, not about our own desires. So when we approach God, asking him to have his will in our lives, just as his will is carried out in heaven, it shows our desire, our willingness to surrender our life to him and trust him. That is a trust statement. God, let your will be done in my life just like your will is done in heaven in that perfect atmosphere. 
come into my life and to carry that out in me. So it, it shows our willingness to submit our lives to him and trust him. It's a trust statement and give him full control over the outcome of our daily lives. And this is fact because God gave us all free will. He's not going to make us do that. So in order for his will to be done in our lives, we have to volunteer to give him that control or else he will not take that control from us. So we have to volunteer to give him that. And uh, how we do that is we build our spiritual relationship. We pray to him, we talk to him, and we, we bond with him and we learn about him. So we've got to open the Bible and read scriptures. We've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We got the four, what's called the four gospels that tells the story of Christ, tells the things that he did. You're not going to get it all out of one gospel. You need to read all four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Learn the things that Jesus did in ministry. Learn how he wants us to act, how he wants us to carry ourselves and perform in this life so that he can be honored and he can honor us and he can uh, give that honor to the father and say, look at my child, look how they're mimicking me, look how they're doing the things that I have asked of them. Aren't they pleasing to you, father? So there's a lot of things in that that's very important. And if we don't read the Bible and learn these things on how to act like Jesus and how to be Christ-like, that's what the word Christian means. If we don't learn to be Christ-like, then uh, we can't fulfill the things that uh, God wants out of us. So it's important to pick up the Bible, read it, get the Gospels in us, and do the things that he says. You know, uh, I'll bring it up again. The, the greatest commandment is love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Everything in you, you have to love him with everything in you. And then he goes on to say, and the second is just as important for us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So in order to mimic Christ, we have to love others and we have to talk to others about him and do the things that he tells us to do and share the gospel with them. So if you want to go to heaven, if you want to live a Christian life, if you want to avoid hell, if you want to have a long and prosperous life here on this earth that is blessed by God himself, that commandment is telling us that we should want that same thing for our neighbors and we should strive to do that. And we don't find that out if we just go to the altar and pray a sinner's prayer and get salvation and get redeemed. But we do these things because we are saved and because we love him. And the more that we read about him, the closer we get to him. And the more that we read about him and the more we learn about him, the more we want to do his will in our lives. So right after you give your heart to the Lord, you need to start immediately on building a relationship with him. Now, the next thing that I would tell you to do is surround yourself with people that have been Christians more than just a day. You you don't want to, you know, it's all right to be friends with people that's just got saved. But what I'm saying is you need to surround yourself with people that's walked the walk of Christ, that studies the Bible and, and uh, lives with him and prays to him and has a strong relationship with him so that you can learn from them. The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. So it is the Christian people that sharpens the mind, will, and emotions of the new converts, the new Christians that comes in. And so we need to make sure that we surround ourselves with 
good godly people that love the Lord, that study the scripture, and that they can be some uh, help into our Christian walk and can kind of disciple us along the way and teach us some things that we need to know. So it's, it's, it's very important to not only pray, it's very important to not only read the word of God, but we should also uh, attend church. We need to be around collectively uh, people who love the Lord and be in a Christian atmosphere and let the habitual lifestyle of Christ start growing in us because it's going to be a tough thing for you when you first give your heart to the Lord, uh, especially if you've got a lot of things in your life that you're not pleased about and things that you know you shouldn't be doing and lots of habitual things that does not uh, that shouldn't be in a Christian's life. When you give your heart to the Lord and you've got a, a lot of baggage that you had before you give your heart to the Lord, God says, I don't remember that stuff anymore, but you will. And the devil will start trying to use that stuff to try to turn you and say, oh, you're, you're not worthy. You, you, can't, uh, you can't be loved by God because you've done this and you've done that, or uh, your sin is just too strong, or you know you're not strong enough to quit this. Just go on back and have that drug or have that needle or, or drink that bottle or whatever it is that you're doing. He, the Satan, tries his best to keep your mindset on your past to folk get you to focus on you cannot get free from the bad things that you've done. And that is just not true. And you've got to read the Bible and understand that God does not hold those things against you anymore. The word of God says, when Christ comes into your life, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new and you are a new creature in Christ and your sins have been cast as far as the east is from the west never to be remembered against you again. So if you pray and ask God in your life and ask him to forgive you of your sins, those things are gone. They're not in your life. They're not imputed to you anymore. And it's not part of who you are as a new creature in Christ anymore. Although Satan is going to do everything he can to dig it out of your mind every day and get you to go back to those activities. So we have to surround ourselves with good godly people and and help and let those people help make us accountable to the word of God. And like I said, iron sharpens iron. If you uh, have bad habits and you're hanging out with Christian people that uh, know the word of God and that will uh, keep the word of God in front of you and disciple you, it's a lot easier for you to be strong spiritually and fight off the desire to do those old things that you shouldn't do anymore. So becoming a Christian building a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, reading his word and getting his instructions inside of you, and also building yourself up with the word of God to get spiritual strength and then surrounding yourself with godly people and Christian people that can disciple you and be strength beside you to help you through the walk in the life that you are now living as a Christian and a new creature with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is important to all of us. So I want to I want to pray a prayer with you before we leave because I, I want to uh, let everybody know that it it is hard when you first become a Christian. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's all flowers and roses, sunshine and baby puppies. When you give your life to the Lord, you've just got somebody on your side fighting for you now and helping you. And you, you've got the winner of every battle in the world on your side. Jesus Christ comes into your heart and strengthens you. The more you get close to him, the more you read his word, the stronger you get. 
and you can fend those things off. So I want to pray for God to give you that strength this morning before we close out. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you this morning for the listeners that's hearing this word. God, I pray that you help everyone build a relationship with you so that we can all draw closer to you, become a a better person because of you, and learn your instructions, learn your word, learn to follow who you are and the things that you want us to do for your benefit so that our life can give glory to you as we walk this life you have provided us with and given us the privilege to do here on this earth. God, I pray that if there's anybody out there struggling with sin in their life, that they are convicted by your word and your loving hand and the grace that you provide, and that they will turn their heart over to you and serve you and begin to build that relationship with you that we've talked about today. God, we give you the praise and honor for it. We glorify your name this morning, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, and we hope to see you on the next one.